Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus. I'm here with my co-host in crime, my friend in flannel, oh, yeah. my oh, bearded bro, yeah. Jack Berry. Yes, sir. What's Man. happening, baby? Dude. Okay. Good to see you. First of all, good to see you too, bro. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. First of all, have you noticed the most oddest thing that's been happening in the Pacific Northwest? Um, the masks going away. Um, I mean, no, not that. I mean, that's. I mean, thank the Lord for that. Um, but the fact that we've had like two or three days where it's like rain consistently throughout the day, and then it's just like clear, gorgeous sunset at night. Yeah, yeah it's nice. It's biz- It's sort of bizarre, but it's kind of cool too. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like teasing us with spring. Yeah, it is right, but but it's still. I mean, it's I mean it's March, so it at this point, at this point, it could be real. Yeah, right, and and that's just kind of the drama with living in the Pacific Northwest is like, when it comes to weather, you're always Hawkeye in Endgame, where you're just like, no, don't don't do that, don't, don't give, give me, me hope. hope. <laughs> So it's where you're always at, right? So true. Um, and uh, and yeah, yeah. So it's just it, it's 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 a never-ending dramatic moment, uh, wondering if we're actually going to be in spring or not. Yeah, but very true. Jack, we haven't seen each other for a while, my man. It's yes. been a it's it's been a long been a hot it's been a minute. long few weeks. Been a hot minute. It's been a long few weeks for me. Um, good, mostly. Uh, I've been super busy. Um, you've been ticked at, off at airlines. You've been ticked off at oh, weather, dude. What else can I say? You've been ticked off at <laughs> the flight back from Mississippi was that that was one of the worst days of travel I've ever had. Actually, it might be the worst day of travel I've ever wow. had. Yeah, it, it might be the top. I, I it was horrible. I have I never. I have never had. Honestly, I've never had that bad of a day of travel. Even when I got delayed or canceled on a flight, so. No, because usually if you get canceled or something like that, and you have like a like like usually usually the hair the the airline will hook you up. Yeah, 
right? Usually. You know what I got out of that entire day of running around, missing flights, misschedule? I got I got a fifty dollar voucher <laughs> for my next flight. That's that's what that I got. Sounds pretty pithy, <laughs> dude. That came in. That was like insult to injury. Yeah, I bet. I it bet, was just dude. like really on top of everything else you put me through today. Really, you're really giving, people. You're giving really, me this. fifty dollar voucher. It was huh? horrible. Fifty dollar voucher. <sighs> but last week, uh, I was over in Eastern Washington. Yes, watching watching my watching my little sis get married. Yes, man, I didn't think. I didn't think going into that that it that I was gonna be like the emotional guy, right? Because like I've gone through like all my family members getting married, and it's been you know it's been cool, but it's been you know it, it's like whatever, right? Like yeah. they're my brothers, yeah. right? It's just kind of like you know, I mean, <laughs> mentally, <laughs> mentally you've been out, you you've been you know <laughs> out of here for for a long they're time, my brothers, anyway, right? Whatever they can, well, die. they're my brothers, whatever. <laughs> if yeah, they die, I'm, they die. If they die, they die. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's so dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Batman's got me. That is dude. not, the that is not my, Okay, okay, me, okay. Right? We'll talk about the Batman later, right? <laughs> but dude, I gotta say, man, like hit you, huh? It hit me, yeah. my guy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Something about like the little sis getting married. Now, I mean, I gotta say, the guy she chose, um lo- love him to death, man. Like he was in my youth group. Mm-hmm. So so I was his youth pastor for a while. Uh, solid dude, like reformed, uh, loves the Lord, l- loves his family. Like just, I, 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 I could not, and I know it's kind of like, th- like th- the pithy thing to say when you're, when your family member gets married, like, oh, I couldn't be happier. All right. Right. But literally, like, I mean that in every aspect, like there has been no other dude that I have, that I have looked at in the entirety of my life and was like, oh yeah, he'd be a good fit. Yeah, he'd be a good fit. It, it's always been this dude, mm. and they finally tied the knot. And I was, I was very happy. But yeah, you know, she's walking down that aisle. You got that music playing. Like I started, I started losing it, man. I had to, I had to, I had to dig deep. Let's let's just say that I had to dig deep. I had to come through strong. <laughs> Because we're Reformed Baptists, we don't show emotion, oh my Jack. God. We conceal. Oh my God! You know what we can? You know what we no. do? We conceal. Don't, don't feel. No. Don't let it show. No, let it right? out. Just we're Elsa. Elsa from Frozen, man. That's our mantra. Just let it out. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> don't let that steam up inside. Uh, would you say let it go? Sure, let it let go. it go. Don't hold me back anymore. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a crazy crazy day. Um, uh, crazy week, so you know, you know what I'd like to talk about, Jack, yes. and, and and it's kind of our topic for today. Um, we saw the the topic. I don't know if it was a I don't know if it was a Twitter thing. I don't know if it was a Facebook thing, but the topic of kind of this idea about pastors and elders, church leaders, what levels of accessibility. Mm-hmm. Should be expected of the office, sure, right? Yeah, um, and I've saw kind of people throwing around ideas on 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 kind of either side of the argument. Some some believe that if you're in the position of pastor, it means that you know part of that role is that you need to be constantly 100 percent accessible. To everyone, right, including those outside of your church, right. Mm-hmm. So they were advocating, you know, phone numbers and and um, you know, 
um, the, the the pastor's emails need to be put on the website, right? Mm. And then I saw people kind of on the other side where they were saying, no, you know, pastor shouldn't be expected to be accessible to anyone. That's not why he's Ooh. there. He's there to preach only, right? Th- um, that kind of stuff. And I, I thought about it for a little bit, and I, I just thought it would be an interesting thing to talk about because sure. I do think that there is... I think every, if we're going to be honest, there there are, if if even unsaid, there are expectations on pastors. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And there yeah. are expectations on church leaders, right, mm-hmm. um, regarding how accessible you should be as an individual. Yeah. Right? Um, so I wanted to just kind of suss that out a little bit and talk about kind of the pros and cons of being accessible, not being accessible, and then where kind of you and I fall on what the what the correct balance is between the two. Yeah. Um, anybody that follows me on Twitter, which is not really anybody, <laughs> frankly, I don't care. <laughs> but I put out a very short statement of kind of where where I'm at on the on the particular issue. Yeah. But I'd like to you know I'd like to suss it out. A little bit longer, mm-hmm. and then uh, if dude, and then and we could talk about Batman. Oh yeah, like honestly, because we have talked about Batman before this episode's over. That is true. We do. Have we to have talk to make predictions Batman. before we see the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we need to do. So I'm gonna throw it over to you first, Jack. When when you think about the expectations regarding accessibility mm. for church leaders, kind of where are you at on that spectrum? Yeah, I would say that I wouldn't go as far as um, I would say this that accessibility to church leaders completely depends upon their relationship with the congregation sometimes. So what I mean by that is that if you are like a small, and this is coming from the perspective of maybe a smaller local church like mine, where we have probably a hundred members and then, you know, maybe anything above that is going to be, visitors and stuff like that your visitors are going to be your members are going to have your pastors i mean communication of any kind really email phone number stuff like that but the way that i look at that is very different i guess because i'll give you an example so like today or not today this last uh, lord's day my wife and I were both serving at different services because we have two services within our local church. And my one of our pastors who leads worship, who's our worship pastor, uh, was sitting down, kind of hanging out in between services. Um, and so I just started to strike up a conversation to him about having kids and talked about different what does that look like? Have you had fears as a you know, future father and stuff like that? And did you plan for this? And we had a conversation that was great and it was edifying and it was accessible. So you have stuff, you have little events and moments like that, which are really edifying and really encouraging. I think people don't look at the accessibility along those lines. They look at it in a very kind of structured Western fashion I call, I call or text you. We set up a meeting. We do this. We do that. I don't just view it as just a call or a text sometimes, even though that's nice and that's great. It's more like, hey, can I have a conversation? Are they accessible in the way of having a conversation sometimes in these little down moments and where I can ask them a question and they can give some guidance? And so 
I look at accessibility along those lines from, from my point of view as the member. Now, from their point of view as the leader or the pastor, you really have to balance that out because you do not want to throw your family on the altar of ministry, meaning that mm, yeah. you don't want to abandon your family for the sake of your congregation 100% of the time. You have to balance that out. So in my mind, I'm just like, I kind of go through a checklist in my mind. Do I need to text a pastor about this? Do I need to call a pastor about this? Do they need to be notified about this or not? I go through a kind of checklist in my mind of like, hmm, should I or should I not before I engage with them kind of in those ways? Even though I know their phone number or their email address, I don't abuse it because I want them to enjoy their family and enjoy doing what they do. And so, I don't know. There has to be a balance towards the pastor and not putting his family on the altar of ministry for the congregation's sake. And there has to be a balance between the church member or the visitor in that they have to know and navigate, hey, when is a good time and stuff like that, but also know that Hopefully those pastors are accessible in those moments that I talked about where it's in between services or it's a downtime and they're accessible that way. So I don't know. That's how I'm viewing that from it from that way. So, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's all great, man. I think, I think you mentioned something in there that is really, really good is that I think before, before pastors worry about being like, I want to say physically accessible, right? Yeah. By like phone, email, things like that. They need to be relationally accessible. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really important. And we've talked about that on, you know, at nauseum on this podcast, I think. Right. But there's a lot of churches and a lot of church cultures where you see your pastor up front, you know, sitting down in between services or something like that. And the relational safety the relational work hasn't hasn't been done to make his congregants feel comfortable to come up and talk to him. Yeah. Right? So it's really, really important that if you're going to take the mantle of leadership within the local church, it's really important that you understand that a, a large aspect of that is that you are relationally available for your people yeah. and that you you give off a <laughs> I don't want to say vibe because it's such a trite <laughs> word but 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 you are you are you are approachable yes. as a person you have a demeanor right? about you per right se. exactly you're not brash mm-hmm. you're not harsh you're not you know for a lot of people like overly sarcastic is mm-hmm. is is a, is a turnoff right yeah. um <clears throat> But it's good for pastors, it's good for their congregation to know that they can approach their pastor and they're not going to get shut down. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and that their pastors actually want relationship mm-hmm. with them, right? Because as a, as a church leader, you, you need to have that desire for your people. I want to be in community with these people. Otherwise, why do you want to lead them? If you don't even be, if you don't even want to be friends with them, why do you want to lead them, yeah. right? So relation. Uh, uh, relational that that aspect of it is really really important right yeah. right that that relational accessibility when it comes to the more physical accessibility right and kind of what we're talking about there I think I think I kind of fall in the middle in that I do believe 
that pastors, elders, or again, we use that term synonymously. Yeah. For those of you that are new to the reformatory, two words for the same office, right? Um, I do believe that it is a responsibility of the office to be physically accessible for your people. Mm-hmm. The shepherd needs to be accessible to the sheep. Yeah. If the sheep are going to trust him, are going to love him, are going to be able to help him when that when that's needed, and are going to be able to approach him when they need help. Yeah. Right? The shepherd needs to be accessible to his people. Now, this looks different depending on the culture or the, I don't even want to say culture, kind of the context of your church, right? Um, a lot of churches, maybe you're kind of more on on the younger end of the spectrum in terms of your congregation, a lot of churches utilize Facebook or social media as, yeah. as a means for accessibility, right? And your pastors are just, you know, they're, they're just a private message away. Or you have a church group, right? A, a church Facebook group where your, your pastors are interacting with everybody, right? That's a form of accessibility and that can be used very well, right? Um, others are, you know, just, just having your pastor's phone number, Right. Yeah. Having your pastor's email. Mm -hmm. Right. I do think now and and this is where I will make the qualification. I do not believe it is the pastor's responsibility to be physically accessible across the board. Yeah. To everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's necessary to put the pastor's emails on the website. Sure. In fact, I could think up some pretty good reasons why that's probably not a good idea, yeah. right? I do think you should have some way to contact the church, but it's usually, you know, it's usually um, um, info at, uh, you know, <laughs> fill in church, fill in, fill in church name yeah. dot church, yeah. right? Um, that's totally fine, right? Uh, some, some churches do put their pastor's emails up there, right? You can email Pastor Bob at this or, you know, for counseling, email Pastor Chris at this, whatever, right? Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think that's fine. Every church does it different, right? But I do not think it is a requirement, mm -hmm. nor is it necessary for pastors to be accessible to the general public. I don't think that's their calling. Sure. Right? Now, I think they do have a responsibility to the general public mm -hmm. in terms of the basic responsibilities of a Christian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think we're supposed to be just hermits. Yeah. Right? Um, and I do think a pastor, like, like we do see one of the qualifications is that he's well thought of. Right. Both both by his church and by the culture that he lives in. Right. Um, so there is responsibility there in terms of how you interact with the general public around you. But in terms of the accessibility. Right. Where I where I fall is that I think it is prudent and and good. And I will say right. For the church leader to be accessible to his church members. I think those that are members of the church yeah. in, in covenant community with the church, I do believe they are his primary responsibility and they should be able to contact the pastor when they need something. Yeah. And I do believe he should be okay. And it should be part of kind of the expectation to be available for his church members. Yeah. Right. Now, <clears throat> again, you're not going to see that in scripture, like exclusively, right? It's not one of the qualifications you point out that he must be accessible, right? Um, but I do think that everything that makes a good pastor 
<laughs> in terms of the relational aspects of things really does hinge on him being able to have good relationships with his congregation, which means you're accessible. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really does. So that's kind of where I fall on it is I think, I think for everyone in your church and in your culture, your the general public, you should be, you should be emotionally accessible. Right. And I don't even know if the emotional is, is the right word, but, but being able to be approached, right. People know I'm not gonna get my head bit off by this guy. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to physical accessibility, email, phone, things like that, I think it's a good expectation to have it so that you know your church members can get a hold of you. But when it comes to the general public, I do not think that pastors should be held to a standard of having to having to be accessible to the same degree to those that are not in their church membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I mean, honestly, too, I would say that there's a there's a strike of balance too. Sometimes, I mean, if there are visiting folks coming in and out of your church, I mean, it really depends. I mean, this is the other thing too. Like, how big is your church, and how many elders are yeah. there too? Yep. You really yeah. have to take into account these things when you're looking at that because, you know, if you're a church that operates in, in the ways that Josh and I um, are convicted of and also advocate, with, advocate, and advocate for, for <laughs> um, you have a plurality of elders, meaning like each of those elders should be available for folks on a Lord's Day morning if they're coming into the church. And this is... And yet you have to balance that out between how big is your church? What is healthy and sustainable for you? Um, I think that's something that a lot of churches don't talk about is those two words, healthy and stability. A lot of churches, what they will do is they want to blow it up so they get enough people in there and they operate off of kind of like the more the merrier, but it's like, is that healthy though? Is that sustainable? <laughs> um, yeah, well, and and I think we've talked we've talked enough on this podcast sure. to to say no, it's <laughs> not right. Growth for the sake of growth is not yeah. is not healthy, right? But I think it goes back to the original question of you know there should be elders there to care for, interact with people on a Lord's Day Sunday if they're visiting, if they're if they're new. I think that's a point of entry. I know that my pastors do it all the time where we've had visitors in just this recent Lord's Day uh, services and my pastors do a great job of interaction and talking about and just welcoming them and having a short little conversation before service starts and stuff like that. And so um, I think that there's that general perception, kind of that introduction, so to say. And then I think it's really upon that that visiting couple or that visiting individual to go a little bit further um i don't think it's necessarily the pastor's duty to just keep interacting with them i mean it completely depends so my wife and i were leaving one church to join another that was a huge (laughs) um that's definitely on the radar for our our past our now pastors um they were like okay that's 
yeah, let's talk about that. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Or where are you coming from or are you visiting and what that looks like. And so I think it just depends really on how you interact. And then you also have different functions too. Like we have a membership class coming up in the next, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend where those people who are visitors can come into this membership class and learn more about our church and our values and how we look at scripture and, and what our convictions are. And so I think that there's a way in which you could do that that's healthy and balanced out that doesn't burn out your pastors. But I do think, I agree with you, that it should be for the members and then for maybe potential members. So people that you know who want to be members of your church who are going that way, um, interact with them. If it's, I mean, if it's people, if it's visitors here and there and you know that they're visitors and there's really zero commitment to them, I don't know. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a way and a function to do that. And I think a specific elder can be, um, their gifting can be towards that and interacting with those folks. But Mm -hmm. the primary care is for your members because they're your members for a reason. They basically have said, yes, I am a Christian. You can mark me as a Christian. (laughs) You will know me as a Christian. And and I have committed myself in covenant relationship with this church. Yeah, exactly. Specifically, right? I have placed myself under, under your leadership. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and you can say, and am entitled to all of the benefits thereof. Right. (laughs) But I think there's a, I think there's a, a, a good, a good, way in which being a member of a local church identifies you as a person who is following after Jesus, who is a disciple of Christ in that sense, and will be held accountable just as you're holding those pastors are accountable too. I think that is a very different um, posture versus maybe the, the, the visitor on Sunday who's there one Sunday and then gone and then you don't see them for two or three weeks, and then they're back again. You know, you're. I think it's up to the discretion of the the pastor to really look at. Do I want to interact with that individual? Do I want to kind of see what's going on there? I'm gonna I'm gonna let that have a little bit liberty on the pastor side of how they interact that way. But yeah, primarily yeah. the members <laughs> are to be shepherded and taken care of. So. Right. And, and again, is that I, I can hear, I can hear the pastor who is riding solo right now, mm-hmm. just stressing out. Yeah. Right. Um, obviously there is grace here, right? A lot of this depends on where the Lord has you in terms of, like Jack was saying, the size of your church, how many elders you have, things like that, right? There, there is a responsibility on both the pastor to be accessible, but also the pastor to guard yeah. their their time, mm-hmm. right? What Jack and I, we're not advocating for you having no vacations, you having no <laughs> personal time, you not being able to turn your phone off and spend some time with your wife, right? That That is not at all what we are advocating yeah. for, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we're not talking about a, a literal accessibility 24 7 365 right yeah what we're talking about is there is there is a there is a culture of accessibility with the leaders of the church Mm -hmm. that people know it's it's a general fact my pastors are accessible to me yeah 
If I need something, I know that I can get in contact with them, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. We're, we're not, it, it's not a legalistic thing where it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, if you're a pastor, Better not turn your phone off because, you know, <laughs> you could be unaccessible to somebody. That is not at yeah. all what we're saying, right? Yeah. Um, it is It is very good for pastors to be able to take breaks, yeah. right? Absolutely. And to have that personal time because burnout's real, yeah. right? And like like Jack said earlier, which, which I really, really appreciated, it's important for the members, too, to know, okay, and, and to evaluate. Mm-hmm. Is this something where... I can utilize some wisdom and reach out to other members in the congregation yeah. that God has gifted me with yeah. right, to figure this out. Or is this something where I, I need to talk to my pastor? Yeah. Right? And the Lord will give you wisdom in, in those scenarios. Sometimes, like, man, like I can just call a friend from church right, that I'm really close with, and, I, man, that's the encouragement that I need, mm-hmm. right? If it's something really big, like something more official, and I'm like, I need to meet with my pastor because there's there's something big, then then okay, yeah. right? Obviously, every situation is going to present a different scenario, right? Um, so it's good for both the pastors and the members to utilize wisdom in that, right? But the main thing is you as a leader, you are emotionally accessible. Your people know they can contact you. They know you love them. They know you want, you actually want to be in relationship with them. Mm-hmm. You want to be part of their life, right? Yeah. Um, and you are physically accessible, right? They they know how to get in contact with you if they need to, Yeah. right? You have provided that to them because you love them while at the same time guarding your time. Yeah. And being wise, right, and mm-hmm. not, not saying, not agreeing to meet at every every drop of the hat. Sometimes <laughs> it's okay to be like, you know what, let's 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 meet on Monday. Yeah, you know what, that's that's not a bad thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's an okay. It's 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 perfectly fine, right? Yeah. So those are our thoughts on it. We hope that uh, at least I don't know. Hopefully, bring some balance to that that particular uh, that particular question. Um, I know this is something just in my own in my own ministry. I've had to learn the hard way, um, being a pastor and <laughs> guarding my time and being wise with my time as a pastor is something that I have always struggled with. Mm. I have because I because I I have such a hard time saying no. Yeah, right. And 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 you know, not even saying no. I have a hard time saying wait. Mm. Right, and you can just ask my wife. Like, if somebody needs something, and again, I'm not. This is going to sound like I'm puffing <laughs> myself up. I'm really not trying to do that. I'm really trying to be self-deprecating here. <laughs> like, like I, there's just this need that, like, no, no, no. You know, I have to get it done now. Right, mm-hmm. right. This can't. This can't wait till Monday. When in actuality, yeah, it can wait till Monday. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's schedule it out and put it on the calendar. You don't need to actually answer this call now or go on this call now. Um, like, dude, I just did it. As we were talking, you, you, you know you know who called me? You know who called oh, me? Oh, gosh. Ed Romaine. <laughs> shout out shout out to you, Ed. You're, oh, get, man. you're calling my phone <laughs> in the middle of a recording session. <laughs> you know what? I I silenced the call. Sorry, Ed. You busted, Sorry. You busted your chops because you got into that Twitter that Twitter spat this Oh, Ed this Ed, Ed Oh man. Ed is yeah. Well, no, he got getting chops with you. Did oh, you see him? Yeah, he was throwing shade at you and Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Joe and I show him the love. It's Fofo. you and Jimmy that are on the outs, man. Fofo. I don't know. Yep. Just something, you know what, Ed? Maybe, maybe there's some relational, uh, maybe some relational 
healing that needs to happen with you and Jack. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know who offended who here, but uh, yeah. Ed, I'm sorry I put you on hold. Well, I didn't even put you on hold. I didn't even answer your call because I'm recording, Ed. I will call you after. I promise. Let's put it on the calendar. Jack, before we get out of here, man, are you excited? I mean, are you excited for Batman? Dude, okay, hold on. Batman's going to be good. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was watching these little, like, uh, featurettes on Colin Farrell playing the penguin. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. unrecognizable. Okay, here's... Oh, he is. The prosthetics are amazing. Oh, yeah. So they, they, even, they even did, like, these tests where they took him to, like, uh, Starbucks in, like, Burbank, California. <laughs> and like had him go into the Starbucks and dude, he goes into the Starbucks and people are just like, who is this is guy? This guy? <laughs> just like, so like, like he looks like, like the, the whole makeup looks very menacing. Cause there's like scars like down the, down the, just across his face. Yeah. He looks right. super like menacing. And so, um, so they were talking about that. They were also talking about the fact that Colin Farrell wanted to use a cigar as a prop for the penguin in the movie and yeah. they told him no what they told him no and i'm just like oh it's because he's got dude, that like cigarette in the long i'm telling holder, yeah right? i'm telling that, you but thing? i think this version of the penguin is would have been better is italian or it seems yeah. like he is from his accent i don't know that for sure but I think that he's a different. Well, Colin Farrell's Irish, isn't he? Yeah, he is. That's crazy. Dude. So, in any case, the the directors and the and the people at Warner Brothers said, "Nope, you're not going to do that." And me, as my cigar loving person, said, "How dare you, Warner That's Brothers? Stupid. It would have <laughs> been even dare better, you take away so, cigars, speaking, oh, dude? Speaking of cigars and and cinema, I watched." Two nights ago, for the first time, uh, the darkest hour. Mm, yeah, Gary Oldman yeah. as Winston Churchill. Yeah. Solid film, yeah. dude. Like that. Talk about performances, and talk about unrecognizable oh, performances. Yeah, yeah. Dude, you cannot tell it's Gary Oldman mm-hmm. in that in that movie, and and it, it was a fantastic film. He played a great Churchill. Yeah, I thought I thought, it, and like every scene. Churchill has got a stogie oh, yeah. in his mouth. Every scene. I don't know if there's one scene where he's not. He's like in the bathtub, <laughs> like smoking a cigar, dude. He's like, he's like on, he's like in the bathroom, like smoking a cigar. It never stopped. He got, there's just this scene where he gets on, he gets on public transportation. He gets on a train, like uh, the, the um, um, underground subway. Yeah. And he's like talk, just just talking to folks, right? And he's like smoking a cigar, like on the on the oh, in man. the underground subway. The and I'm like, days. man, these were the days, son. You could just, just light up you, in public matter. and just puff it your way through. It didn't matter where you were. Like you could just just light one up wherever, and it was totally acceptable. Yep. It's like there's kids in the subway, <laughs> just like watching them smoke this cigar. <laughs> just like, dude, Gary Old, like what, dude? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That call, it'd be like, all right, Jack, you're gonna be you're gonna be cast to play. Let's gosh. just let's say F- Fidel Castro. Oh my! <laughs> oh my gosh! I wanted to pick. You some. would say that. <laughs> you're gonna be cast to play Fidel Castro. There's gonna be some prosthetics involved, but you get to smoke a cigar every day, and we'll pay you like five to seven million dollars for this role. 
Dude, that's too on. easy. Come on. You'd be like, yes, sign me yeah. up. Of course I'll do that, even if it is Fidel Castro. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but dude. Pa- but apparently, so that was a huge thing I've been I've been looking up on. Apparently yeah. the movie I've heard like I haven't heard of like actual like definitive movie reviews for the Batman yet, but they basically said it is I have heard to pump this movie up. I have heard they said it's not the greatest comic book movie, but it is the best and perfect Batman movie. Dude, I'm sold. I'm sold. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah. So, and and the fact that they're taking from the graphic novels, like the Frank Miller comics, is like, that's a a added bonus to... So, here's the question then. Mm. This is what you and I were arguing about. And I said, let's save this argument for... (laughs) Save it for the podcast because I want our people to weigh in on this. Our friends, our listeners, I need your help here. I sent Jack a Marco and I said, Jack, how about you come on up north (laughs) and watch the Batman with me? (laughs) His reply to that was, why don't you come down south and watch it with me? Why do I sound like a Batman <laughs> villain in your... In I don't your know. Eyes. That's my best impersonation of you. Dude, why? I come down south all the time. All the time. Why can't you... Co- dude, we got an AMC theater, dude. Like, the reclining seats. We have one as well, too. We have a Cinemark that's really nice here, Josh. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> and we you have really, cigar lounges. Really gonna make- that's the thing. That's the thing that I know you keep coming you back for. You can't wave that flag. I, that is not fair. I will you can't 100% wave, that, wave that flag in your face. That's like that's like that's like pulling a vet card. That's like that's like it's akin to you pulling your vet card and being like, "Well, you don't know what combat what combat's like. I know what combat's like. Do you know what it's like to be shot at from an unseen enemy? Hmm? No. Anyone else here do? No, I do. I do. So shut your mouth. That's what it's like. I have never said those words. In my pretty much entire life, so I just want to be on the record saying that. You want me to thank you for your service, no, Jack? I don't. Is this what you no, want? I don't. I don't want. You. I don't want that. You want me to come down south and thank you for your service? No. I would like to smoke a cigar with you, but not thank you. Thank me for my service, Josh. All right, I will make you a deal. Oh boy, I will come down south to watch Batman with you if you if the cigars are on you. Oh, pff, that's too easy. That's too easy, Josh. Did I start too low? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. No, hold you on. can't take it back. You can't hold take on. it back. <laughs> I'm Darth Vader. I'm altering the <laughs> Oh, <deal>. my. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm Lando, pray then. I, pray so it means I'm, that pray I'm cooler, I, then. <laughs> pray I'm not, I do not alter it further. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll, well, come down south and watch the Batman. But but you, but this has to be almost, almost exclusively your treat. If I'm spending all that time in traffic to come down okay. to Tacoma. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you heard it, people. You're all our accountability. If he if he if he shivs me, <laughs> he shivs me. If he scrubs on this, scrubs me. I'm appealing to our people. I'll be like, Jack, Jack's a bum. <laughs> Jack's a bum. <laughs> wow. Jack, get us out of here before I say anything else. We Ladies regret. and gentlemen, if you <laughs> did you see what did you notice what I did there? I said, "Get us out of here before I say anything else." We regret. <laughs> if, if you, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> if you like the continual um, 
rantings of this bum and his friend over here. You too can follow us on the sociables. The uh, the Facebook, if you will, the metaverse, um, the land of NFTs, if you will, uh, that will go down the next twenty four hours. Uh, the Instagram goes well with chocolate and graham cracker. We don't have a TikTok, but man. Dude, should we get one? I feel, um, like, we, I th- feel like we might There are one. Ukrainian people showing how to hijack Russian armored personnel carriers on TikTok right now. And I am here for it, apparently. <laughs> I am, Dude, I'm I signing am up for TikTok. I am here for it for the Ukrainian people. Yeah, I'm getting us a reformatory TikTok, <laughs> and we're following <laughs> exclusively Ukrainian military personnel. <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not military. They're literally just civilians. Just like they're just like, like the Russians. This is how you do it. The Russians had, are just we've had much practice. The Russians are just leaving all their anti personnel carriers out there. And the Russian oh, kind of like are we did hijacking. in Afghanistan. Pretty, I mean, pretty much. But now it's redeemed. So I mean, <laughs> score one for democracy. I guess Russia was like, "Well, U.S. They did this white country." <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow us. We have to, we don't have a TikTok, but that happens. And you can follow us on the Tweaker, the Twitter, the Little Blue Bird site, all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they could. I don't know. Inflation has has inflation hit our cachiche <laughs> donations well, yet or what? According to but... like the State of the Union a couple days ago, inflation's a good thing. <laughs> Ooh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I don't know where inflation is these days. I, I know it's big. According to my gas bill, it's big. Um, but mm. there are many ways that you can support the reformatory. We appreciate your prayer 100%. If you want to be a patron um, for $5 a month, you can sign up. You get episodes free. Any videos that we launch, you get those free. Uh, we probably should do more on Patreon. But it's been super, super busy in life. And yes. we just don't have the energy at the moment. But hopefully soon. Um, but if you do become a patron, uh, one of the perks is that your name is Hallowed. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. That is a pledge that we make to you we also have reformatorypod.com and on there you can find a myriad of things there's a blog you can catch up on the newest episode there's a store local church merch that's right local church merch some of the coolest designs for shirts t-shirts tumblers bags mugs like we've got tons of stuff on there for you to rep the podcast brag about your local church and talk about why you love it Mm -hmm. Instead of bro jack, I think it should be bum jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fine. I'm working on it. That's I'm funny. working on it. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate. Oh, uh, guys, we would very much appreciate ratings. Mm, We're yes. setting a goal by the end of the year. By the end of the year, we've got a whole year for this to have a hundred ratings on Apple. I don't think that's I don't think that's too much to ask. We're at like 43 right now. If we can get 100 ratings, five-star ratings by the end of the year on Apple, that's a good year. We would really appreciate you guys on Apple or Spotify giving us a rating, maybe writing us a review. Gets the podcast out to more people. We thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. <laughs> <laughs>